Stone, I believe. He's like, I got a lot, you know, I got some surprises in store, things to, you know, we can't go out on the road, but, the, you know, some big surprises. They're going to keep my, you, the fans uh, occupied. So, you know, of course I had to, to guess and every, you know, not, and I said, not, not that uh, they might not still come true. Maybe we'll see right. a trend too at some point, you know, uh, maybe under the Christmas trees this year um, and some of the other things I mentioned. But for the most part, I was just completely way off, you know, did not, because who could have guessed that he would be doing a multi-part podcast with Barack Obama? I mean, that was not on anybody's radar, anybody's mm-hmm. list. They somehow got together with them. I mean, that's the other thing about the pandemic. Everything is, is, you know, very low key. They were apparently able to get together and spend all this time talking and nobody knew. Um, so that was obviously a, a big surprise, um, you know. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans and joining me today is not only one of my favorite guests not only the top blogger in the springsteen universe a talented writer but the guest of my most downloaded episode ever uh peter chanka peter welcome to the show Jesse, it is my pleasure as always, and I am amazed to, to hear that. I uh, can take no no credit for it. I think it must just be a coincidence that <laughs> the top downloaded is is one that I was on. Yeah. So what's weird is um, Libsyn is the service uh, Southgate Media uses that you upload your podcast, and then Libsyn behind the scene sends it to iTunes, and you know. Amazon podcast and Spotify and everything and it tracks how many episodes download and you know not to get secret I I don't I'm very happy that 200 about 250 people over a month download the episode so I'm like okay you know that's nice what's interesting is I may hit six or seven thousand downloads because people keep going back and listening to past episodes so you know I, I was listening to uh, a, my son is a huge wrestling fan and JR was talking about, they get 200,000 downloads on their episodes. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, crap. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so routinely you can look and you and I back in 2018 talked about Human Touch Lucky Town and it has over 1,200 downloads. That's great. And, and I think, you know, it, it's maybe it's because no one ever talks about those albums except us. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's secret favorites of a lot of people, I bet, or at least they are grossly underrated in, in some circles. So maybe people did do appreciate. Uh, well, I do think that because as I talk to long term fans, they will talk about um, how they there are songs they like at that and they will talk about how that was not a bad tour that they enjoyed the tour once they got past the idea that it wasn't the e street band they said that was a pretty good band yeah well that was my first springsteen concert was the other band believe it or not yeah after, after uh, humiliating experiences trying to get tickets to the board of the usa and tunnel love tours unsuccessfully you know that was in my you know the, the um before i well the, the born in the usa was probably might have even been before i had a driver's license so i, I had very limited uh, access i needed rides and et cetera et cetera and, and the ticket thing just did not work out and then i i remember also for tunnel of love just you know trying desperately and and to no avail so that was my first real opportunity and we even got scalp tickets i couldn't even get get those mm-hmm. uh you know, uh, legit. I remember people saying, you paid that much. It's not even the E Street fan. But uh, he, you know, he dragged that show kicking and screaming into greatness. You know, he, he yeah. really, really showed you his, um, 
you know, it revolves around him at the end of the day. And, and he always, always gives his all. And the show I was at actually in New Jersey was one of the official download releases um, in the last year or so. So it was great to be able to revisit that first oh. concert that way. It's very, you know, I, I just got a big kick out of uh, remembering the stories that he told and, and that type of thing and hearing him sort of fresh that way. Yeah, I, I would, I um, would love that. I, people have always, I'll hear people like, what, what on the archives do you want? And I said, more than anything, and I know this is a long shot, because I understand there isn't a lot of rising tour available, right? But yeah. my first show was 2002 here in Dallas, the rising tour. And I would love to have an official release of that just to cap because to go back and as close to a time machine as you can and going back and go just think you know right. you didn't know what you were going to see and hear right exactly i always say i could never be in one of those time travel movies where you have to go back and and you know save the world or something because i would just go to concerts uh, that, oh. that I missed. If I found myself you know going back to 1975 i'd be you know i'd be at the bottom line or wherever Oh, absolutely. And uh, in fact, um, for the anniversary month uh, last September, um, I convinced my buddy, and it did not take long, but Charles Skaggs, who is my co-host of the Doctor Who podcast, he and I both came up with, okay, we have the TARDIS, which can go anywhere in space and time. And we picked five concerts we'd go back and see and we yeah. made the plan that okay like he's a huge sting and police fan so obviously he was like okay i want to go see every sting police so we limited to only one and we talked about what shows we would go back and see yeah. and so that was a fun discussion yeah yeah if only <laughs> if only absolutely um so i i wanted in that this is i had not talked to you in advance about um asking you this question and so please if you don't want to uh share don't but you know I, I listen to because you know I'm a Springsteen fan as well as a podcaster so I listen to everyone's podcasters everyone else's so I listen none but the brave and the guys the guys do a good job it's a very different kind of podcast mm -hmm. um and you know and there's the discussion about what should be released and what shouldn't on the archives. And do you have any hot sports opinions or hot archive opinions about those? Because these guys almost think of it as a historical, oh, this show is so historical, it has to be released. And I'm like, I just want to know if I want to listen to it or not. Yeah, I, I mean, there are certain ones that you've heard about or that were heavily bootlegged, obviously. Um, and, and the idea of you know hearing a pristine recording of it um, you know, is, is, you know, it's just, uh, you know, your people salivated. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do think it would be nice um, to, to have some of those, but I think, you know, just having sort of representative shows from a tour, maybe it's not one that, um, you know, is, is in the annals of, you know, everybody's top five list of, you know, yeah. great shows. Cause I think, you know, at the end of the day, only a certain number of people, <laughs> we're at each of these yeah it's impossible to pick you know um the best and every one of them is is meaningful to the people who are there in their own different individual way so yeah it's hard to say i mean i would you know and i, I get the the rising thing and i know there were technical difficulties and whenever there's you know they just released i think the fifth reunion tour show yes. as part of the series and we're like okay <laughs> no, and that was exactly my feeling too. Like, okay, I'd already had one in this set, um, you know, but the person who was there that night is thrilled, right? But for me, it was like, okay, um, do I want to pin the spend the ten bucks? And ten bucks is not a lot of money, but, but yeah, you know, at the end but, of the day, they, yeah. they do, you know, if you already, if you if you have two or three or four yes. of the other ones, you you have it's pretty well well represented. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I have, I don't, I definitely do not get all of those for that reason. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, I think I have, you know, a couple from each tour, you know, yes. that, they, that they've released and a couple from the, you know, when, when he was in more recent years when they were releasing every show, you know, one yeah. that either got really good buzz or that I was at. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, but yeah, no, you know, I, I'm trying to think of, a, you know, what are the big shows? Is it like Main Point, I don't think has come out officially mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's, you know, there's really obviously high quality bootleg of that, you know, yeah. three years. I think they've gotten, probably gotten to most of them now. And now they're selling them, you know, in the, you know, that box set. Yes, uh, I saw that. You know, where, where you could all, just buy the empty box. If yes. You already, if you already had all the CDs for 15 bucks plus shipping and handling. I think that's pretty box. amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, okay, hey, we, we're going to embrace that. Um, did, um, how are you and your family doing? Uh, I do want to catch up with COVID. Uh, you know, I'm, I think, and we're going to talk about, you have a new Pet Peeves book out. And um, I love more social than distant, uh, the quarantine collection. And so one of the themes of the strip over the past year is, you know, your family dealing with what we're dealing with. And so I'm feeling that this is a little bit of autobiography between you and Dave, you know, at yeah. least some, but how are you guys doing? Doing all right. I mean, we are so lucky. I, I, I don't want to complain about anything. You know, we, you know, I could work from home. Um, you know, my, my wife, who's a teacher, my uh, college instructor, most of her classes, you know, uh, went online and she was able to do that. Um, you know, but it's you know, like for, for everybody, it's tough. And I really, you know, listening, listening to uh, President Biden the other night, you know, talking about the details of life that are that have been lost yeah. over the last year. You know, my when this all started, my son was a senior in high school, you know, was supposed to be captain of his baseball team. They didn't play. Um, you know, my daughter was in college. Now he's in college doing it from here because he'd be sitting in his dorm room because they're on total lockdown. So it's those things that you, you know, that you lament. Um, but having said that, you know, so many people have gotten sick. People have lost loved ones. You know, people have died. It's, uh, it's just a really bizarre time to be living through. Um, so we're just, you know, like everybody else in the world, literally, we're just, you know, trying to, to make the best of it. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you listen, you know, just to relate it back to what we we're talking about before, you know, the, the loss of live music um, or being able to go out and experience that sort of camaraderie, you know, with a room full of strangers, that's a big loss. Um, you know, I, I was certainly wasn't at a concert every weekend, but um, I did have, I remember I did have tickets to a Josh Ritter show in Boston uh, last March and, you know, right. They canceled it, you know, a couple of days before, like they canceled everything else. Yeah. And it was a real sign of, of things to come and um, you know, the, the, the impact on, you know, musicians and their livelihood, it, it, you know, it's been, it's been something, but again, you know, I, I'm not going to complain um i'm glad i've been able to keep working uh that has been you know obviously a, a blessing um you know and uh i'm sitting right next to my uh record player while i do my job i could put on my my bruce albums in the background and just put my head down and, and hope that we're at the other end of this thing before too long yeah a couple of things uh pete that that makes struck me as one uh similar to us uh we were very lucky um, you know, I got laid off in January of last year and started my new job on February 10th, you know, and, and we've all said, holy crap, what if they had waited to lay you off in February, right? You're like, oh, we don't want to lay off Jesse right at the beginning of the year. Then trying to find a new job during a pandemic, you know, got lucky there. And then uh, the company I ended up working for, does roadside assistance for RVs. And all of a sudden our business boomed mm -hmm. because of the RV industry went crazy. Uh, so um, we have joked about it uh, that, you know, my boss said, yeah, I didn't ask you in the interview. Oh, by the way, if we have a worldwide pandemic and we have to send everyone at home, how would you handle that? <laughs> so, uh, so we uh, we made the decision to go back in the office toward the end of May um, because summers are so busy. Uh, and up until just two weeks ago, um, every day when I walked in, the front office manager had moved her office to the front of the building, took her temperature and asked, have you been exposed to anyone with COVID? Have you had a yeah. fever in the last 24 hours? Have you had an unusual cough? or shortness of breath. I mean, every person who walked in, she answered that. And uh, our governor 
unwisely, I think, uh, said, oh, no mask. Everyone's open 100%. Um, and so our owner said, okay, we're going to keep wearing masks if we're not at our desk, but I will loosen. I don't think we need to. Um, and I've got my first vaccine. I've gotten one of two vaccines. I got the Pfizer just this week. How about anyone in your family? Yes, we. I have not yet, and and because I rarely leave the house, that's okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, my uh, my wife in Massachusetts, and this was a bit of a controversial decision on the part of our governor Charlie Baker. But he said, if you bring a an elderly person to get uh, vaccinated, you you as their companion can get vaccinated, even if you're not eligible yet. So my wife has had already had plans to bring her um, uh, aunt who is ninety. Um, and so she was able to get vaccinated along with her when she went in. And my, and my son is waiting, but he is a grocery worker a, uh, you know, in his, uh, over the summers and, and when he's home. Um, he works for Market Basket up here in Massachusetts. So he will be eligible in the next, in the next round. He's hoping to get it. And luckily, my, my parents, my in-laws, all the people in that age group have, have gone. Oh, so we great. really feel like, okay, we're getting there. This thing is, you know, we're, get, we're getting a handle on this thing and, and we're going to get through it. So Linda asked me after I got my first shot, she goes, okay, in a couple of weeks, you're going to get your second one. Um, are you tempted at all to go to the Rangers? Because, you know, the Rangers are opening their new, st- their new stadium last year. No one got to go uh, except, you know, select people. And then they hosted playoffs in the World Series. She goes, I said, no. I mean, that's stupid to be 100% occupancy till we're 100% inoculated. She goes, well, what would you go? I said, okay, I will admit if Bruce did a show, (laughs) I'm going to take the chance. I'm going to wear my mask, but I'm going to take the chance. She goes, well, of course, that goes without saying. You're an idiot and you would go. She goes, luckily, Bruce is not as dumb as you are and he won't do this. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing him uh, before next next year sometime, but... uh... In well, mass, they're they're opening um, stadiums at I think twelve percent capacity. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about it. Um, yeah, because you know, I know your son adores baseball. Yeah, I mean he really wants to wants to get there. So I think if we're you know if we're vaccinated, yeah, you know they're they're spreading people out you know best they can. Um, you know we might might give that a shot. Um, and you know it is you know you get a lot of mixed messages about well what can you do after you're fully vaccinated um right well you, you know you could go sit with your grandparents but you can't get on a plane you can't this that and the other yeah. thing. so we'll we'll sort it all out but absolutely um, but, but I, I agree if bruce decides to go back out that will probably be my reintroduction yes I mean, just, and, and you know and I, I i just loved my wife so much that she didn't even try to argue with me she's like yeah I, that that's a lost cause okay you know uh if you die doing that i would say he died doing what he loved let's you know celebrate his life um you wrote just recently a blog that i adored uh, which, and I'm going to quote this poorly, but basically I'm over on guessing <laughs> yes. what Bruce's surprises had in store for 2021. Yes. Uh, you want to share a little bit about that? Well, I, yeah, I did. So at the beginning, you remember at the very beginning of the year, he, he told Rolling Stone, I believe he's like, I got a lot of, you know, I got some surprises in store things to, you know, we can't go out on the road, but the, you know, some big surprises, they're going to keep my, the fans uh, occupied. So, you know, of course I had to, to guess and every, you know, not, and I said, not, not that uh, they might not still come true. I think we'll see right. a trend too at some point, you know, uh, maybe under the Christmas trees this year um, and some of the other things I mentioned. But for the most part, I was just completely way off. Yes. You know, did not, because who could have guessed that he would be doing a multi-part podcast with Barack Obama? I mean, that was not on anybody's radar, anybody's mm-hmm. list. They somehow got together with, I mean, that's the other thing about the pandemic. Everything is, is, you know, very low key. They were apparently able to get together and spend all this time talking and nobody knew. Um, so that was obviously a, a big surprise. Um, you know, the Jeep ad, nobody saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, I think he filmed it a week before. They kept it yeah. really, really under wraps. And, uh, and what I referred to in um, the headline of that, uh, post the other thing yes meaning his unfortunate uh arrest and uh, ultimate exoneration 
on yes. uh, those uh, DUI charges in, in New Jersey, which I pointed out um, that happened in November and he did that interview in January. So when he said you're good, there's going to be some surprises, he made that. He made that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That. If he knew it wasn't, he wasn't going to get away with sweeping that under the rug. Yeah, I was, um, I had a lot of emotions. I've talked often on the podcast of how little uh, controversy Bruce has had in his career. I mean, uh, um, you know, a failed first marriage, um, I guess, you know, and the timing of when he started with Patty, maybe, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're scoring at home, maybe, oh, this was bad, but overall, you know, he's done very little and to get a DWI was kind of shocking. Um, and, you know, it's funny, a couple people, I won't name names, but reached out to me that are in recovery themselves. And their concern was, oh, I hope this isn't a sign. You know, like he's had depression. Is right. this a sign? And I hope he's okay. Like, I yes. hope this is not, you know, and uh, was very much not a judgment, but just a concern. And then when you get the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, uh, oh, wait, this is what this is about? Was made me, I, I still question, Bruce, there's a pandemic. Why are you drinking tequila <laughs> yeah. that other people gave you? But I was glad to hear it. And I thought the joke about, yes, I can pay the $500 was <laughs> a fun little, you know, exclamation point. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. That's the in my circles that also came up at the time, you know, is, you know, hope this, this pandemic's not getting to the poor guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think, unfortunately, you know, he, he's obviously become more outspoken in his in his older years about his political views, and where he feels the country should be going. So uh, certain, uh, you know, personalities and media outlets uh, are looking for any opportunity to yes. uh, drag him through the mud. You know, the New York Post obviously made a lot of hay with this. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it is what it is. But it be, as soon as the, the details came out, we were all like, ah. Ah, that's exactly. Over and to these group of complete strangers. And, you know, I yes. mean, it's, that's, that's just who he is. I don't think he can cannot. It would have no, to drive by. Right. And it was the weekend where, uh, President Biden was, you know, President-elect was made official, right? That it was official. So I'm right. sure there was a lot of celebration going on. Yeah. Did um, switching to the Jeep ad, um, I just throw it out there. I wasn't offended by it. I don't care. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I guess I probably wouldn't have cared if he used born in the estate of Chrysler back then, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever you can do to earn a buck, I'm fine. Um, I love the ad, but then I'm a 61 year old white guy who, <laughs> you know, who, who will, in fact, I thought it was fake at first, Peter, because I'm like, this looks like outtakes from Western stars. Did someone <laughs> pull shit together and just make this? Um, yes. And you know, the, my favorite line is the reaction of the far right and the far left on his ad tells you how far away from the middle we actually are. Yeah. So you've talked a little bit on your, uh, you know, your blog, but just go ahead and share any thoughts yeah, you want to share. I, I mean, I, I do think that the sort of criticism on both sides is if not justified, at least understandable. Yes. You know, on the left saying, you know, there's no middle ground with, you know, people who are storming the Capitol and on yes. the right saying, well, why, why didn't you say this when Trump was in office? You know, yes. where, was, where was your desire for, for middle ground then? Um, and I get them. I, I get, I get both of those, those arguments. Um, I do. Uh, the sentiment though, I thought, I thought was a good one. You know, we have to start somewhere. Yes. Uh, and, uh, working working towards towards the middle and it sort of um i thought echoed a lot of what biden said on the campaign trail and since he was elected yeah um you know and obviously bruce wouldn't have done it if it wasn't something he felt strongly about you know i think i said in the you know in the um in the blog yeah I, I could have seen like somebody like bob seeger maybe uh, doing you know being a better choice because nobody knows what he thinks about anything Yes. <laughs> so yeah. he got out there and said, "We all need to be like Bob is right." You yes. Know, with, with Bruce, it's like ah, liberal, blah 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 blah. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so it, it is what it is. I, I don't think, it, and you know, I did a poll both on my blog and uh, for my day job at mm. blogger.com, 
Uh, we did polls on this. And in, in both cases, while pe some people had problems with the content, nobody seemed to fault Bruce really for doing a commercial. Right. Um, you know, it's at this stage of the game, you know, you got Dylan doing commercials for Victoria's Secret and yes, exactly. <laughs> what yeah. else? I mean, all the rules have changed. And, um, yeah. and when I referenced, uh, not everybody got the reference that they thought I was making fun of them, but, um, you know, to, to Bruce's um, induction of U2 to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they had just done that, that Apple ad. Mm -hmm. you know, he's, when, when he saw it, he said, my boys have sold out. Yes. Um, you know, he thought, <laughs> talks about how John Lando told him, ah, but they're not taking the money. Like, now that is brilliant. Anybody can make an ad, but not to make an ad and not take the money. Yes. Uh, so that was, of course, the first thing I thought of. Right. Um, and I don't, I, I do think he took the money. <laughs> yes. There was some, some money exchanged there. But, um, but yeah, I think people didn't have an issue with that. And I think you can't say it wasn't well-meaning, uh -huh. even if you take issue with, you know, whether or not that middle ground is, is a possibility. It, we've been, I guess, close to five months since we've had Letter to You. Uh, I've been very vocal uh, last year that I said, if I got a new Springsteen album in October, a new president <laughs> in November, maybe 2020 <laughs> will not be the worst freaking year ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still... Western Stars has aged well with me and Letter to You has waged well with me. I am very, I am very impressed that uh, this late in your career, you're, you are hitting, if not home runs, solid doubles or triples, right? This is really <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think you just nailed it. I mean, it is, it, you know, some people were saying, oh, you know, I mean, they were, over the moon over letter to you and, and as if it was on par you know with the born to run but i think you, you you can't even you have to put place them on the continuum and you can't even do that kind of comparison but like you said i mean it's um you know for for a late career uh release you know it, it really uh, um you know it, it was uh it had that old uh, feel to it in terms of the type of, of rock and roll it was, but the, but the themes were so much more um, applicable to where he is today. So it really was a nice merging sort of, of those, um, of those worlds. And, uh, you know, some of it is just, you know, among his best stuff. I, I think, you know, Letter to, to You and Ghost, I think are both, you know, terrific. Um, stand right up there um, with, with anything he's done. Um, I think See You In My Dreams is one of his, his most beautiful songs. You know, I, I already told my wife I want to play it at my funeral and I'm not even kidding. I think well, it, it just, you know, it captures that, um, you know, the, the, that feeling of, of loss and, and memory and, you know, yeah. what people mean to you. And during this time, obviously, could it, could it be uh, more, um, you know, timely and, and appropriate? And I like the old songs too. I, I think, um, you know, like by the time you get to Song to Orphans, it's almost like, you know, he was clearly listening to so much Dylan. Yes. <laughs> at, at that time, it's almost like a spoof, you know, at a certain point. But I, but the other two in particular, I, I loved. And, you know, who knows what the hell he's singing about. But just the, the, the way the words trip over each other and, um, and come together, you know, uh, it was such a great reminder to sort of that period in his songwriting life. Um, when he was doing that that type of writing, and the fact that he was able to sort of, um, you know, bring bring that forward, you know, with with his you know his current sound, uh, it was just a great experiment. And and I do like how he is reaching back. You know, he's done this basically since Wrecking Ball, I guess, where you know finding things that mm -hmm. um, he's done on live here and there, or that um, uh, you know he you know are on a demo somewhere and giving them proper releases. It feels like he's trying to you know, wrap things in, into a bow, you know, in terms of his recorded output and make sure it's all, you know, it's all there for the, the people of, you know, who are listening down the road. Um, and, and I think that's worthwhile. Having said that, you know, I think, um, you know, in terms of the whole East Street sound on the album, it's almost like a be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Um, like, you're never gonna get the river again. I mean, it's, it's right. just, you know, and, and we shouldn't want that, I think, at this stage. So I find, even though I really um, love the letter to you as an album, 
I, I find I appreciate more when he goes off the beaten path a little bit, like with Western Stars. Mm-hmm. Wrecking Ball is still maybe my favorite album, you know, certainly post post rising. Well, that and Magic are probably right. neck and neck. Um, but I just love on Wrecking Ball how he really went, you know, for a diff- different kind of sound, that sort of Americana, mm-hmm. um, you know, feel to it and how the songs had a similar feel. It really felt like it had a theme and a sound. Um, and it, it, that album has aged extremely well with me. I still pull that out. Oh, yeah, I do too. And I, I think so. Um, and uh, I'm always happy when I see it's a Wrecking Ball release and then I'm like, uh, you know, or a Magic release on the archives, as we talked about. Though the last one did not have as many songs from Magic as I wanted, right? I was like, damn it, I wanted a few more. Um, the I love... Um, if I was a priest and I've said several times, I feel it's what outlaw Pete wanted to be, (laughs) you know, it just feels like this Western epic. Um, And I do hope this isn't the case, but if the last ever official release is I'll see you in my dreams, Mm. that's similar to the Beatles in the end, the love you make is the equal to the love you take, right? Or back to vice versa. Uh, Very appropriate. And I, by the way, the same thing. I've, I, when I was on uh, Be the Boss, I had, they played letter uh, Land of Hope and Dreams. And I said, I've quoted it at one of my best friend's funeral. I've quoted it at my dad's funeral. And I hope one day in the future, way in the future, my son will quote it at my funeral. And now I'm going, eh, maybe, maybe <laughs> I may have to change to, to cause it is perfect. Um, yeah. And, and what's kind of interesting is I had a lady uh, on the podcast a, about a month or so ago, a uh, fellow podcaster. And she was talking about the carpenters and her music, her parents loved, but her podcast is all about grief and bereavement bereavement room is the name of the podcast and she specifically have um she's from england and she has um people specifically of color and sharing their grief stories um and i said man you should check out letter to you and so like a week later she said oh my goodness this album is all about grief. And so she came back on the show and we just spent the whole hour talking about grief and how she just feels this album was all about it. Now I found a lot of joy in it too, but I think she's got a lot of points. Yeah. I mean, clearly being, you know, the last man standing, um, you know, from the Castiles had a big impact on, on Bruce. Um, yeah. Maybe that's at least partially what, um, you know, pushed him to writing this group of, of songs at a point where he wasn't sure if he had it, had it yeah. in him to hear what the way he told it. Um, and that's how he, you know, and, and that's always been his greatest gift, how he's able to take these things that he is experiencing and feeling and through his work, um, you know, make us make a, make it into something that uh, is relevant to all of us, um, to the human experience. Yes, uh, to his his individual personal experience, um, and that I think is is where um, this came through. It's also the the um, the one thing that was very different though about this album, I think, is it was so um, it was like his first album. I would say that is for musicians. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, is so much of it was about being in a band. Yes, and what that and what that means, and we're all in bands of, of different different stripes um exactly you can read that metaphorically but it also can be read very literally yes uh, talking about because it's clearly he's speaking from experience about what it's like to be up there in front of that audience and what the music has meant to him and all the references to guitars very yes. specific guitars um and and that type of thing so i think if, if you're a musician um this album probably has particular resonance um even beyond the universal themes of loss and friendship and you know nostalgia and that type of thing what was interesting is i just was on uh david Furter's uh bgs and me podcast he does a bgs podcast and we were on and um he did a bonus episode where he sent me five b he sent me about a dozen bg songs asked me to pick five i sent him about a dozen springsteen songs he picked five and we 
back and forth talked about them and it's a fun episode but he said i'll see you in my dreams is that has to be about a saxophone player right i'm like this is so obviously and i was like well kind of sort of and i had to tell him the whole story and he was fascinated by it um he also did not know into the fire was about 9 11 and when i explained that to him he went he, he had like whole this, I love the song before, but now, how did I not know that? <laughs> so, yeah, it, hear it in context, I guess, of the additional. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Uh, well, good, and I, um, I, I do hope um, I, another bright spot during this pandemic. Um, and sometimes Bruce knows what we need, even though we don't know it. Um, <laughs> I would have guessed, like, oh, Bruce will do maybe he'll do a show from home, right? Like, that'd be great. We need this music. And if you had said, well, no, he's just going to do every couple of weeks a radio show <laughs> where he plays music and tells stories. I'm like, oh, I love that even more than I did a, yeah. a you know, like Melissa Etheridge has done a great job of doing, you know, shows mm-hmm. from home and a lot of other musicians. But what a gift this has been every, every two to three weeks. Yeah, I really, really have have enjoyed those. And I've discovered artists too, you know. And yes. Oh, you know, well-versed in, in such a variety of styles and, and uh, eras of music. Um, and, you know, just he, he obviously, he's a terrific storyteller and I it doesn't hurt that I tend to agree with him yes. on most things, um, yeah. politics-wise and otherwise. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just to be, you know... Uh, able to sort of get his take on those things and listen to the music and I always you know I listen on demand but I always listen to all the songs even though even yeah. though you can fast forward because I because I want to hear what you know what is in, inspiring yeah. um and uh you know and I really like the the guest episodes the one with Patty was terrific yes I, I thought, and I discovered Laura Nairo who I never you know I only vaguely knew about and I went back and listened to all her stuff and um you know, and the one with with Stevie and and uh, Southside. You know, just just to hear these guys. You know, after all these years, just laughing and and you know, uh, relating these these old memories. What, what a pleasure! You know, to to sort of even be on the outside looking in at that. Well, and you know, to hear them go, how did this song not make an album? <laughs> right, like to talk yeah. about that as we as fans and to share. Uh, you know, the the summer one talking about just you know taking your shoes off and not putting them back on. And then, uh, and the night one where, you know, everyone was like, oh, the reason he's doing it at night is because he's going to announce a new album. And no, he just wanted to do a night owl show because he used to be a night owl. And uh, so, yeah, it's, and I I think it's been a great mix of sometimes very political and talking about the times and other times it's just, we're going to do a show about car songs and I'm going to not only throw in the beach boys and my songs, but I'm going to throw in all these other car songs that we're going to love and just joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope he keeps it up. Um, I do too. You know, obviously at some point I want him to get back on the road and that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, I hope he keeps doing it. All right. Let's switch to, um, I had you on the show a while back and you were doing a Kickstarter because you, I guess you have multiple gigs. You're a day writer, you do your blog, but you also do one of my favorite uh, comic strips, uh, Pet Peeves. And you had done a Kickstarter, it was successful. Um, you got your first volume out. And then all of a sudden I get an email from you saying, hey, guess what? There's a select second collection out. I'm not asking you to donate. I'm just asking, <laughs> do you want to buy it? So talk to me a little bit. Catch me up, Peter. And yeah. for people who do not know about this strip, tell us a little. Right. So I should, the thing I always say, first off, is I can't draw. I have no drawing ability whatsoever, but I work with an extremely talented cartoonist named Dave London, who I've known forever. And we, we've worked on various projects over the years. Um, and uh, we came uh, very close <laughs> to being syndicated cartoonists several times uh, during the 90s. Um, and early 2000s and then um, never quite panned out Um, so we went and did our thing got married had kids you know got involved in all sorts of other things and um, when my 
both of our sets of kids started getting older, you know, we, we got together and we we're like, you know what, we should give, give this another shot. Um, and obviously there's a lot more tools now to get it out there yourself and, and get it in front of right. people. So we created this strip Pet Peeves, um, which is basically a, a family strip, um, you know, realistic, you know, as, as opposed to, you know, fantasy. Um, except for the fact that all the characters are dogs and other and other animals, but they act like humans. Um, I compare it sometimes to the kids' show um, and books, um, Arthur, where you know he's an aardvark, but basically he's just a normal suburban right. kid. So um, Dave just likes to draw animals. He finds it a lot more fun for him and a lot more uh, interesting for the readers. Um, so we've been doing this for like five years now. Um, two years ago, we put out our first book. We used the Kickstarter to sort of get get ourselves going there. And then we sort of used the proceeds from that <laughs> to put together a second book um, covering the last two years. Um, and we, you know, we just sort of looked up and we're like, hey, we have enough for another book. Um, so we put, put that together. And the interesting thing was, so these are from 2019 and, and 2020. And I think that the first, when we started, it was just sort of, here are some fun family situations. Here's a family hopefully you can relate to. Here's a lot of gags about what it's like to, you know, uh, you know, be a parent or to be a kid or whatever. Um, and then after the first book, we said, well, let's, let's give this family, you know, let's throw a few obstacles in their way and, and see how they deal with them. Um, so, and we also wanted to expand their universe a little bit, add more characters. Um, so one of the first things we did um, was we created a mishap uh, in their, in their home. I, I won't uh, spoil it for people who haven't read it yet. Um, they forced them to move in with CJ, he's the main character, his in-laws, his wife, uh, Jazz, um, short for Jasmine, um, her parents uh, invite them in when their home becomes suddenly unlivable. So we have the dynamic of the, uh, CJ's relationship with his in-laws, um, the kids' relationship with their, with their grandparents. Um, so that was what, what we started. Then, you know, you talked about how you were laid off. I was laid off also in, in 2019 and very luckily was able to secure another position fairly quickly. Uh, but having gone through that experience, we said, well, how would CJ deal with getting laid off? So we've put that in there as something he, he would have to deal with and the family would have to adjust. Um, and I, I, to, on a tangent, he is a huge Springsteen fan, CJ, yes. obviously. Lots of Springsteen references in the strips and particularly when he got laid off, um, you know, because of, uh, you know, Bruce's, uh, you know, feeling of, for the working man, you know, at one point they, they go to check on him and he's lying on the couch, uh, you know, singing along with downbound train. And the daughter goes, he's gone full Springsteen, <laughs> um, you know, so that was a good opportunity to, to work Bruce in. But anyway, then we get to 2020. And of course, we're all suddenly dealing with this, uh, you know, crazy, surreal, unexpected, um, experience of living through a pandemic. And we had a, a very brief discussion about, you know what, maybe we just keep going with the regular life stuff. Uh, you know, people aren't necessarily going to want to see this, um, you know, portrayed in a comic strip. And, you know, it didn't take very long for us to say, you know, we are living through this. They should be living through this too. Um, and we have to figure out how to do it in a way that's, you know, funny and relatable um, but that sort of acknowledges the, you know, the seriousness of it. So it was a, it was a challenge, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there is a lot of humor to be found of the concept of being stuck at home with your family. Yes, uh, there is. <laughs> you know, there is. Uh, and obviously, you know, all of these new things we had to deal with, whether it's, you know, creating a bubble or wearing masks or doing online school um, and what it's like to have your kids in the room, uh, the next room in their school class and you're trying to get your work done on the computer. So it was such a wealth sort of, of material um, without getting too heavy, you know, no one oh. gets, gets sick, although we do acknowledge that they, you know, they're living with their older grandparents now and that, you know, we acknowledge that they are, you know, on edge, you know, having to deal with this in their lives. Um, so I feel like, you know, as opposed to the first one, which was very much, um, you know, a, a lot of gags. Right. <laughs> this one has a little bit more story, a little bit more depth, and I think people could really relate to it. And hopefully it's funny and you will smile well, with recognition at what the what the family, you know, goes through. I, I have a big fan of the strip and, and I have loved them um, as they come out individually and um, 
so I do enjoy the story and I do feel like, um, and I don't want to be overly dramatic, but right. But like your, your first volume is like an album of unrelated songs, right. That are all nice. But then the second one, you know, okay, well, I'm going for a theme and I'm not saying this, this is pet sounds or darkness or, you know, Sergeant Peppers, but it is a, we're, we're, we're doing a theme. And I do think that you got a little bit of luck by, okay, we're going to have a move in with the parents just for that dynamic. And now all of a sudden you have not just the, you've got six people in the house and three different generations dealing with you know this pandemic and so i a i would think as as someone who's loved the strip has given you a whole different dynamics not only for family dynamics but with the pandemic exactly exactly and it um you know that's why we had to do it you know yeah and we actually had a really you know we we also host um, our own podcast, uh, although yeah. we got taken a little bit during the pandemic, um, called Strip Search, the Comic Strip Podcast, and we right. actually gathered a group of really uh, thoughtful and talented cartoonists soon after this to talk, who who had also similarly started to yeah. tackle it um, in their strip, talking about you know why they made that decision and and you know how they've been approaching it. And I think at the, right at the end of the day, you it what you write you know and draw is filtered through your own experience and when it's when it's this all consuming um mm-hmm. it is very I, I i would imagine it'd be very hard not to um you know want to express through your characters or through your work yeah. you know what, what it means to people yeah last um it was toward the middle of march last year all the way to a little almost the end of may you know i worked from home and my son had moved in during the summer uh, for various reasons, he ended up having to move back home, and he was just thinking about getting his own place, and then the pandemic happened, he's like, okay, well, this is kind of dumb, because if I had had my own place, I would have packed everything up and, you know, brought him and his pup, Charlie, to yeah. stay with you guys. I'm not going to sit in my apartment alone, you know, so... Um, you can see here, this is the front room where the computers are and where I do podcasting to the left over there is our living area. And so that's where I would put my laptop where I'm working and my poor wife would be stuck in the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause she's like, I'd come out and like, Chris is on a con call. You're on a con call. I'm like, okay, I'm just going back to bed. Like, I don't want to get in their way. Uh, and it was, um, now the plus side, right around four thirty-five, like okay, it's happy hour, you know, whether it's diet coke or, or you know bourbon or whatever. Like okay, um, and then sad to say, you know, okay, uh, we made a Trump um, bingo card and we would watch the daily Trump things and like oh he called it China virus. Okay, I've got that, you know, Man. you know. You know, oh, a business me, a businessman said he did a great job. Okay, I've got that, and you know, uh, as a coping mechanism, just to try to smile through all the the scariness of this. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, we had you know on several occasions we had four separate Zoom calls going on at once. You know, my wife's teaching a class, I'm doing work. Both my kids are in separate college classes. Thank God the internet <laughs> held out. Our broadband yes. worked. Um, but yeah it's you know and and there's a a joke in the strip from very early on when everybody really had sequestered where the dog who is named Bruce Springsteen I should mention the family dog who's a real dog not a anthropomorphic dog like the family is wandering through the house and everybody's just draped over their chairs they're just you know lying on the couch and the dog is thrilled because this is you know he's like I knew they'd take my lead eventually Um, But that's what it was like. You know, we're like, there's nothing to do. All the sports had been canceled. Yes. You know, there was, it was completely surreal. But eventually, you know, as you know, you know, we all figured out a way to, to get, get in the groove and, you know, Mm -hmm. and make the most of it. Um, We did a lot of, we we watched the entire uh, eight seasons of Chicago PD as a family. Okay, nice. For those months, I don't know how we we found it. None of us had ever seen an episode. Now we are completely caught up. Um, 
and you know just little things like that um and and again you talked about silver linings um we got a lot of family time that we yes. wouldn't have you know um my daughter would have been away at college you know my son yeah. would have been you know uh, from dawn to dusk you know being a senior in high school yeah I, I i will never get over what they missed right um, during that time but if i have to look for a positive side to it you know we we got a lot of time together that we wouldn't have otherwise had yeah i i totally agree and you know i i remember when um the nba came back and chris was like dad the mavericks look you know they're in the bubble they i think they're going to make the playoffs right and so you know we watched that first uh series together and uh, we were just so excited to be watching sports together because that's, you know, he and I, he comes over almost always. Mm-hmm. Either I go to his house to watch the Cowboy game or he comes over here to watch the Cowboy game. And so that's, or if we are separate, we're texting constantly, you know, so this is our thing. So it was good to see. Um, and it was really nice. Now, uh, probably in right around Labor Day, he said, okay, I've had enough. I mean, I love you guys, but I'm ready to be on my own. And I'm like, well, you've lived with us 18 months and you're 30. I could see why you want your own place. Uh, but, you know, he's coming over tonight because we hadn't seen him in two or three weeks. And he's like, I'm bringing the dog. I'm bringing a bag. We're going to, we'll, we'll eat something. We'll figure out what to watch on TV and I'll spend the night because I miss you guys. Awesome. Yeah, so that's that's really nice. Um, what's the easiest way to get the book? Um, if you go to petpeepscomic.com, um, you will find links to both the first and the second book um, on Amazon, or go to Amazon and search um, Pet Peeves by London and Chianka. Um, okay. uh, there are other things called Pet Peeves, though, <laughs> so yes. your best bet might be going to petpeepscomic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's an archive there. You can check out the strips. Make sure you like them <laughs> before you yeah. place your order. Um, and, and we would definitely, uh, you know, love love to have people dropping by there. And we'd love to have people picking up the book. And we also, um, you know, have an email address there if you want an autographed copy. I was going to mention that. Yes. And, uh, we will, for the cost of shipping, definitely uh, get one out to you. And of course, um, as always, go to blogness-brucepringsteen.net. And uh, check out um, your uh, Springsteen uh, missives and theories and rumors and commentary. Um, I, I actually I haven't been posting as much as uh, I had been because we've been working so hard on the book. Right. Uh, about, <laughs> my plan is to get back into uh, Springsteen world, uh, hopefully as he ramps things up too uh, when the pandemic comes to a close um there'll be even more to talk about so you think we're going to get tracks too and i think that isn't a hard guess i i do think he's kind of implied that and said that and so i do think that's that would be something it seems they like to do box sex around christmas because it is a very convenient you know for all people like yourself and you know and i like okay you know because your family like what do you want for christmas oh here (laughs) you know here's a really good pick uh uh, you know 40 to 70 year old man yes (laughs) demographic would like the bruce Springsteen box set yes do uh any other thoughts what we might see this year well, I mean, that Born in the USA box set um, is something that, you know, has been bandied about, you know, it seems like forever with a possible, you know, Nebraska connection there, maybe something. Yeah. Something the, the two, um, you know, he supposedly has had a gospel album in the can for who knows how long. Uh, he may decide to give that the Western Stars treatment at some point. Um, but I think, you know, I'm presuming his main goal is to get out on the road for, for Letter to You and you know to hear those songs those are just made to be oh they are live um i hope he he goes to town and basically does the whole album um, yes you know when when he does it and you know even if it means you know maybe a few uh, fewer of the, the classics in favor in favor of those but I, I love hearing what he does with with the new stuff um so so hopefully as soon as they can uh you know get that together 
they'll start they'll start rehearsing but you know having said that you know he has a a uh, very ambitious contract with sony uh to release new product yeah um, so i think any of those box set options are are uh very likely possible yeah i you know i'm i had thought about you know, I was convinced that Burning Train should be the opening track. Like, like by, when you walk on stage, I just love Burning Train. But then after hearing them on Saturday Night Live and, you know, Ghosts and everything, I'm like, it's good. Uh, one thing I've been, you know, one of the questions when I have a normal, when I have a new guest on the podcast is, you know, what are songs you haven't heard performed live that you'd like to? And I'm like, and just we're going to go without saying Western stars a letter to you, right? Like we're going to, that, that's what goes without saying you take any of those on a live show. Uh, and I think all of us are sitting there like would love to hear this. Yeah. I, I do hope he's able to do something from, from Western stars, even if he's, you know, not bringing a 17 piece string. Yes. Orchestra with him. Um, Tucson train, I think is a, is a uh, natural, you know, I do too. Stevie uh, and, his disciples did a really good cover of that that was more of a, an electric um take yeah. and it was great um so i think that that's something he could do so we'll see yeah I, I, yeah fingers crossed there yeah you know, none of us are getting any younger at time is you know sort of absolutely a little bit too fast but i think yeah. they they have another one in them i um, think so too and i think we'll, we'll see it uh you know at some point next year Absolutely. All right, Peter, as always, I, I love visiting with you and it's always a joy. You are welcome anytime. And I do, um, I appreciate the blog and you're always nice. Every few months you throw in a little blurb like, and Jesse's still doing what he's doing. <laughs> and I always appreciate that. Uh, if someone wants to reach you, go ahead and give us how to reach you, how to blog, and then once again, how to get the book. Okay, uh, I hope I'm getting my, my URL right. I've changed it several times. But I believe yeah. it's blogness-bruce-springsteen.net um, or just search for blogness on the edge of town. That will be the first thing that comes up, I believe. Yes. Um, for the Bruce stuff. And then petpeevescomic.com uh, to see uh, our archive of comic strips and how to order both the old book and the new book, which is called More Social Than Distant, a Pet Peeves Quarantine Collection. Yes. Uh, you are at Blogness on Twitter, and uh, you do a good job of uh, staying pretty active there. Trying and to trying to keep that up, and also on Facebook, obviously. Facebook yes. Slash, uh, slash Blogness. And that's where you'll see, even if I don't get around to doing an actual post, um, we do try to keep up with the Bruce News on both of those platforms. And uh, one of my correspondents, uh, Leanne Pomerville, does a fantastic job keeping up the Blogness Instagram account which is great uh, photos of, of Bruce and, you know, both old and new that she finds. I don't know where she finds half the yes. stuff. <laughs> I know <laughs> that feeling. Yes. She is just constantly trolling and um, definitely worth a look at that. too. Well, um, I, I, I hope that you and your family remain safe. Mm -hmm. I hope that you and your family, uh, I know you and your son, but also the rest get to go to a game you know, somehow this summer safe, um, you know, Chris and I are dying to go see the ballpark, but we want to make sure it's, you know, fairly safe, but we want to go see the new Rangers, uh, stadium and visit. And, uh, you know, I, I just appreciate you always and, uh, stay safe and be well, my friend. Same to you. It was a true pleasure. All right. Listeners, you stay safe. Remember to social distance. Remember to wash your hands. Ignore the governor of Texas and follow Bruce's advice. Wear an effing mask and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. For now, thank you and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. 
There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.